There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. Joining me today is everybody's favorite person, Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Man, I thought that was going to go somewhere else. Thanks, George. Hello. Helping us, helping us move from awareness to action this week is longtime friend of the show, Mr. Thomas Barr with Local First Arizona. Welcome, Thomas. What's going on? Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 good to, uh, I was telling Thomas um, that I had not seen his face in uh, quite some time, even virtually, Thomas, even virtually. I've seen a good amount of You haven't even target. looked at my profile picture or anything? No, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> have i looked at your profile no I, I hadn't because i just pulled it up and I, I thought to myself that's a that's a great profile picture that thomas has on linkedin so no i haven't i've, I've had no contact with you well then yes we've been completely disengaged then if you haven't even looked at my profile so <laughs> centauri have, have, have you been looking at thomas's profile picture no i've talked to him though. okay yeah. We have we have spoken, so yeah, yeah. You're, you're falling behind a little bit, yeah. but but that's okay. I forgive you. It's just it's just totally on me. We're just We're, in a world pandemic, right? No worries. Yeah, We're out of it. Bro. We're coming out of it. We're coming out of it. And that is that is what we wanted to talk about today. I think that that Centauri and I were a little bit ambitious. Our eyes were bigger than our stomachs some months ago, and we 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 had on a handful of people talking about reopening. And I think that, that both of those people are the two or three people we had on actually did reopen. But anyway, um, for those not familiar, Local First is the, I'm, I'm probably not going to do a great job of explaining it, but it is it is the largest organization of its kind in the United States, probably the world, which is, uh, it's tasked with supporting and helping local um, Arizona-based businesses thrive, survive and thrive. Um, and Centauri and I spent a lot of time talking about the value of community on the show. So Local First is uh, near and dear to our hearts, certainly. So, Well, thanks for having me. Always happy to, to have the conversation. It's, um, you know, it's been a whirlwind of a year for, as most people know, <clears throat> the small business community. And so, yeah, we, uh, we've had to, ever since, I, I believe it was, you know, Arizona was a little different because I was looking at all of the <clears throat> the updates of people on Twitter and Facebook saying it's been a year, it's been a year. And the East Coast and Seattle were about 10 or 12 days before Arizona was like, we're closing. But we actually moved to work from home at Local First a week before everybody in Arizona did because somebody had reached out to us and said, Hey, what are what are you guys going to do about coronavirus? And you know, my initial thought, like not even kidding, was just like nothing's going to happen. Like you know, total like you know, um, just kind of brushing it off in my mind. But then I was you know had to actually actually think about it. And I spoke with you know our founder Kimber, which a lot of people know. I think she's been on the show before. We got on a call and we talked it through. And we said, you know what? And we looked. We were our computer, we were looking at what was happening in Seattle, you know, complete shutdown, um, you know, numbers rising, just craziness. It hadn't happened here yet. And we were like, if that happens here, there's no way we can be transitioning to work from home with small businesses calling our phones nonstop. 
yep. in the moment. So I was just like, let's just move everybody now. Let's do it now. Let's get everybody's internet set up, furniture, whatever you guys need. And kid you not, four days later, <clears throat> we were, it was nonstop, 25 businesses a day, um, panic, anxiety, what's happening? What do I do? What's an idle loan? Um, you know, all this stuff. And what we ended up doing, the first thing we did was we reached out to businesses, multiple businesses in every county of the state and had them write letters to the governor's office requesting him to release the, the you have to formally request um, from a governor's perspective, um, federal aid um, in a disaster situation. It can't just happen. They have to like formally request it for it to be released. So we had businesses in every county send letters to his office saying this funding needs to get released now so that it can get to us fast. And after that, we were just in the light of things. It was just they had, the governor's office asked us, what are your top policy recommendations that we work on to help small businesses right now? And it was just, bam, one thing after another, triage pretty much, like where do we send people? What do we do? Um, it was it was an intense I would say the first two months were pretty intense. Um, but luckily, you know, we're here now, but some businesses didn't make it through it. Um, we kind of made it our job to help as many businesses as we could, but those that have come this far, it's, you know, it's rewarding to see um, those that have persevered, figured out new ways to manage the chaos, um, you know, adopted new products, adopted new ways of doing business. Um, set up an online store for the first time ever, you know, some of these businesses. Um, and so it's, it's been, it's been rewarding to see a lot of the perseverance through the challenges over the last year, for sure. And Thomas, I'm, I'm curious, and I know you probably work collaboratively with them, but why local first and not say Arizona small business association? Why were you guys the organization giving policy? Obviously you guys have a wide, uh, wide breadth and scope of the businesses you work with, but I'm curious as, as to what it was about your brand or who you are that made that happen? Yeah, I don't think it's a question of why us and not not that organization or another. I think it's just that every, every organization was doing something. Mm -hmm. This was the position that we knew we had to be in. Um, so, you know, Phoenix and Arizona, smallest, smallest state, smallest big state, smallest big city in the world, we always call ourselves because everybody kind of knows somebody and you're kind of almost always three people away from who you need to talk to. And, you know, before COVID happened, we had had a conference, our Arizona good business summit. I had actually met someone there who was from governor Ducey's office. We just exchanged information. And <laughs> the second things went down, I just called him. I was like, Hey, we're going to need to be in close contact. Things are going to be coming down the line. And still, I was just texting him yesterday. Um, we've stayed in communication nonstop since. Um, and from that, we actually were tapped by, by the governor's office to administer $10 million in rent and mortgage relief grants over the summer to all the businesses that were mandated to close. So you never know what's gonna come from a relationship. You never know what position your organization is gonna have to be in. We were, I think, just really grateful to have the infrastructure um, that we did to deploy our team to deliver the services that were needed. You know, overnight, I had I had a full half day training with our team that spent a lot of time planning events and said, you're not going to be planning an event for a long time. 
you now have to be a small business consultant and this is what you need to be focused on. So we walk through scenarios. This is how you ask questions. This is how you really find out what they're going to need. This is how you direct them to resources. Um, and we just built partnerships. Um, we had 25 CPAs volunteer their time to uh, consult with any small business we wanted to send to them. They ended up consulting with like 300 businesses, helped them sign up for the PPP loan, for the IDA loan, walk them through it. It was pretty incredible. Um, we just had people, person after person reach out saying, what can I do? And we just figured out a way to plug them in. Um, so. How many businesses would, do you think you served during that time? In any capacity? Yeah, so we did a few things. Um, one was we launched our own small business relief fund. We raised about two and a half million dollars on our own. So overall, we administered about twelve and a half million dollars in grants. Through doing that, um, we offered free consulting to any small business that needed it. Um, so uh, literally, we set up a form on our website. Do you need a consultation? fill out your information here and pick a time. And we had five people on our team that were taking calls and just directing businesses to resources. Um, and then we, you know, obviously our members. Um, so I would say it was, it was probably around 3000 or so businesses that we touched over the last year um, through actual guiding the resources, whether that was a grant, a consultation, directing to program services, resources, et cetera. Um, it was a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I want to say congratulations on, on, on doing a great job. I, I, I want to say thank you for, you know, be just being able to step up and to be that resource. And to, I, thanks to the CPAs that did that. I'm sure that there are uh, probably a really long list of, of others who have chipped in and helped out to uh, just sort of help people navigate through all of this. So, so very much appreciate it. Um, are, are, are you happy with the work that y'all did? I'm proud of it. I'm super proud of it. Um, I'm so proud of our team. I'm so proud of every person that's, you know, has, has reached out and said, what can I do? Um, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was small things. Um, it, it was our team. It was small things that people would do like, like the CPA situation. Hey, I've got some expertise. What can I do to help? And it was, I mean, it was Devin Booker from the Phoenix Suns who gave $125,000 that we helped put into restaurants. It was Michael Bidwell who stood up with the Cardinals and said, let's do uh, Cardinals carry out. How can we get the word out and, and get people doing carry out from restaurants from every level um, from, you know, resources, time, uh, dollars, um, there were, oh, there was so many people that stepped up and said, what can we do for small business? And so for an organization that has for 20 years advocated, <laughs> we need to do more for small businesses. It was just really natural for people to come to us and say, well, you guys are the experts. How do we plug in? And, um, and it really just allowed us to hone in on our strengths, um, which is community building collaborations of partnerships. Um, so I think coming out of this, uh, you'll just continue to see more of that from us. Um, we'll be more strategically and thoughtfully be able to, to grow, um, these resources long-term. Um, you know, the last year we called triage, it was, you know, where do we direct people really quickly? How do we get people help now? Um, but we're in this recovery phase now. Um, how do businesses actually recover from, potential debt they incurred. Um, 
consumer confidence that they've lost, um, restructuring their business models. Um, you know, as much as we want things to go back to normal, quote unquote, there's going to be a lot of changes for a long time for small businesses. And, um, and I think we have to be understanding of that. So what, um, what are, from your vantage point, what are some of those changes that small businesses will have to, what are the obstacles and possibly opportunities for them moving forward? Yeah. Yeah. So a few things. Um, so in April last year, we noticed um, we were looking at how do we predict um, and it wasn't, how do we predict two weeks from now what's going to be needed? It was six months. So in April we said, what's, what are consumers doing right now? And they were shopping online more than ever before. So we said, okay, come fall and spring when Phoenix flea and our own fall festival and devour and all these events don't happen. What's going to happen to all those vendors that relied on those events um, to sell their goods and services and market themselves. They're just going to be completely out of your spectrum of, of shopping with. So we built an e-commerce site with our partners. I know, you know, Matt and Joel at Ideas Collide, they were, they were a couple of the people that stood up and said, what can we do? So we built an e-commerce site that small businesses in Arizona could sell on. Um, and while there's lots of places you can shop on online, we knew there wasn't, what was unique about it, there wasn't one place you could find local businesses on altogether, right? Uh, some shops might have their own online stores, but a lot of small businesses, you know, you think about these small artists, crafters, um, even musicians, um, they don't have um, high functioning um, e-commerce sites on their website that's easy to purchase from. So we created one platform, one place. We've got, I think, about 150 businesses on it now, over 800 products. And it's a place that you can um, purchase from. So that's one big thing. Uh, small businesses needed help getting online. Um, another thing was, you know, a, a lot of people are talking about the, the makeup of restaurants moving forward and the affordability behind it. Restaurants with a lot of dine-in space are continuing to struggle because um, as much as, you know, we, I advocate for, we advocate for getting to go or carry out or, or whatever it is, curbside pickup, restaurants don't make a lot of money on that. What they make, what their business model is you coming in um, and dining in and potentially ordering more than you might think you're going to order when you purchase it on a website, right? That's how they make money. Um, so without butts and seats, it's hard for those businesses with all that space um, to make a make a solid profit. So they've, they've still got a journey to get out of this thing. The businesses that were set up with, you know, counter service, carry out to go, um, those business models are doing okay right now because that's how people are functioning right now. Mm -hmm. So I think what we're going to need to look at and see, and a lot of businesses need to figure out is as people continue getting more comfortable coming into those spaces, how are they going to need to be prepared for the longevity of safety and cleanliness? And I mean, hand sanitizer is not going away. Um, contactless payments probably should be more practiced. Um, menus that you don't touch, like all of these things are expenses. All these things take time. Um, and I think we'll see more and more adaptations to them. The other thing I saw was that people are going to um, continue their habits that they took on during COVID. So alcohol to go is going to, if, if you can do it, that's going to stay. Um, 
um, medications, if you can do that, curbside pickup, groceries, all of these things are, are not going to go away. People are going to continue doing them. For the first time, I was talking to uh, an older gentleman recently, and he was like, you know, before COVID, I was, I was never going to do online shopping. I was never going to do my groceries online. But I realized if I don't have to go into a grocery store or bend and, you know, spend two hours, honestly, um, doing that, and I can just have it put in my car, delivered to my home, why not? So we, there's this, this massive shifts in all these markets have caught, caused so many businesses to adapt in the moment, but they're going to need to con- continue to figure out how they maintain and sustain those practices long-term. Yeah. Appreciate that. So this is a, anytime we have patterns, patterns disrupted, and certainly this year or the last year we've had seems like all the patterns disrupted from the way that we talk about voting to the way we educate our kids to the way that we, we we're, we're doing all of these things from policing all of it uh, from uh, the perspective of how business interacts with government it sounds like you had a pretty successful relationship and, and it worked out well do you see changes moving forward I know it's a big question um it is a big question. I think that, um, I, I mean, there's a lot of thoughts on um, what's needed to to start reviving the economy again. Um, and I think I'll tackle the question this way. So um, one of the things we're working on at Local First is um, introducing something very soon that'll be called the Arizona Recovery Center. And um, this is out of our analysis and knowledge that Arizona was dead last. We were the last state to recover from the previous economic downturn in 2007, eight, um, very last state. Uh, you can look at data, you can look at numbers, you can look at whatever you want and try to come up with a consensus of why, but the, I mean, the answer is the same, we were last. But part of the reason we were last is because um, we weren't, we didn't position ourselves competitively enough for um, the grant opportunities, the federal funding opportunities to ensure that our most vulnerable communities in the state bounce back as quickly as possible. And so what we're going to be focused on through this recovery center is ensuring that as anything, any grant private or, or governmental that gets released, which there's going to be a lot, they're already starting. Um, we're going to be funneling those opportunities to communities, small businesses, and organizations that might not have the knowledge or the know-how to regularly know that they're available and coming through um, to make sure that these businesses and organizations get funded. Because it shouldn't be um, business A versus business C in Arizona or town Saurita versus Kingman in applying for a grant, it should be uh, Arizona, honestly, versus California or any of the other surrounding states and going for this money. Um, So we're going to be working really hard to kind of get past the the noise of where money should be coming from and, and, you know, how open businesses should be and all that kind of stuff. Um, It'll, it'll happen when it happens, but at the very least, Um, businesses need to be competitive Our communities need to be competitive and applying for funding that's going to be available because there's going to be a lot of money on the table. We, I mean, 
the president just signed what the the largest stimulus package of our time ever. Um, and so we, we need the community to be ready for it. So, so that's part of where we're going to be focusing our time. And when is that launch coming? It'll be the end of March, 2021. Um, people hear about it. Nice. That, that, that makes all sense in the world. I'm sure that, uh, 90% of, of small business have no idea. So <laughs> and, it's complicated. I mean, that's sure. just, I mean, who knows what a Dunn's number is, um, you know, and who knows you have to have one to get funding sometimes, you know, it's, it can be complicated stuff. Yeah, for sure. How do you feel about, uh, how do you think and feel about uh, the influx of folks from other states coming to Arizona? Um, it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting. It's probably predictable. Um, uh, it's got, it affects so many things in so many ways, right? Um, uh, the housing market. Um, I mean, I was even talking to a, an insurance um, company here, uh, insurance brokerage, who um, thought he was going to lose 75% of his revenue um, because his focus is on bars and restaurants. So, you know, April 2020, he was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, six months later, he's up 20%. Because all these people are moving to Arizona, buying homes, buying cars, and he completely—he's like, I'm out of the—he's not out of the restaurant biz, but he just shifted his focus to homeowners insurance, auto insurance, and all of a sudden his his business is okay. So, what do I think about it? I don't know. It's happening, and uh, from a business perspective, if you can take advantage of it, do it. Um, you know, if, if anything, try to get ahead as much as possible from what's happening. Um, uh, I don't know. The, over the last year, I've been asked a lot of questions. And um, I was talking to a guy named David Tida not too long ago who runs events or used to run, <laughs> used to run events. Um, he will be sometime soon, hopefully. But we had a, he was the last person I had lunch with before everything shut down. We were really excited. He was, he was about to have a pizza festival at Gilbert and uh, first time ever and super stoked. And you know, at that time, everything was fine. And then I talked to him right after everything happened and he had shifted for the first time ever to kind of this role of, um, you know, advocate for the events industry. So we kept in touch, kept in touch. I talked to him, you know, late 2020 and I said, so when are things coming back? Um, what, what are you predicting? What are you seeing? And, you know, he just said to me, dude, I'm done with predicting. <laughs> I am, I'm done guessing. I'm done thinking about how I feel, what's happening or what might happen in the next year. Um, will events come back in the next year? Maybe, but I can't actually control that. Um, I can control the time that I spend right now. And, and I just love the perspective because we can, I mean, and, and there's a lot of people that rose up and, and became advocates throughout this and, um, you know, uh, lobbied their, their congressional and which, which is all things that I, I completely promote and, and think is important. But when it comes to dire times and, and a crisis and, you know, feeding your family and, you know, making sure you can get through the months ahead, all you can do is focus on what's under your control. And I've been telling businesses through this whole thing, What's out of your control? When the when the PPPs come in, um, who's going to be president? Um, you know all of these things. Uh, last year, 
What you can control is how you treat every customer that walks in your door, um, how how flexible you can make your company to be available to as many people as possible, um, how you treat your employees, um, and 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 how you're planning for the future. And if you just focus on on those things, more likely than not, you're going to be okay. You're going to make your your way out of this. But if you don't, and you get a headache over the things outside of your control, you're you're not going to make it. And Thomas, uh, I'm, I'm glad you talked about um, of all the folks that are out of the the game of predicting the future but i had two questions for you uh big questions which were looking back and reflecting but what is something that you as the leader of local first feel like you could have done differently um that could have been more impactful if anything and then two what do you think we the royal we could have done differently to make uh for better outcomes especially as they relate to small businesses interesting question so what could have i done differently um it's hard to answer and it's hard to say this, but I'm, I'm actually not sure I would change anything. Um, I, I do feel that, um, I mean, I guess this is super personal. I, um, spent my time. Well, I gave everything I could. (laughs) Um, and I also took care of myself along the way as much as I could. Um, I mean, there were weeks where it was nonstop every day, go, go, go. Um, and there were, there were some days we took off and we just went to the Arizona wilderness and it got out of, got out of it. And, um, you know, when you, I, I mean, this year, I think has caused a lot of pause and people to think and reflect about what's important and where they allocate their time and, I think I'm just coming out of this more grateful and certain than ever before that what I'm doing is what I want to be doing. So I don't think that I would actually change anything as a leader. Um, What can the collective of people do Um, as we move forward? I would say that we can't lose that component to this. Um, I I feel that there's going to be this rush, right? Like, travel is already booking up. Like I was talking, my sister lives in Philadelphia. I want to come visit you. Like, but when should I actually buy my plane ticket? Should I do it now? And guess, you know, um, travel is going to hit an influx once that opens up. Um, I mean, can you imagine being with friends and family at a wedding sometime soon? Um, concerts, like all of these community centered events are going to be a rush. And we're going to be thrown back into society and, and community. And it's going to be great, right? Like, it's going to be fantastic. And, and all these people are going to come together. But like how we spoke to, you know, there's a lot of things businesses have had to take on that they might need to, to think about and keep long term, right? Like you might want to keep doing curbside service for your elderly customers forever because it's more convenient to them, right? Like think about that market think about all the things that we did personally that we should continue hanging on to. Um, you know, I've, I've been connected to more people that don't live here, um, near me and more than ever before in my life. Um, you know, and, and I think it's just a reminder that there's, there's a need for us to continue to take pause. And, um, and I think it's important that we, that we don't lose that as we come out of this. Interesting. Amen. Centauri, what uh, what 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 do you think you could have done better? 
Oh God, we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> A lot of things. Very well. Well, Tommy, I, I, I understand the good business summit is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Our, um, third good business summit, April 20th to 22nd. Um, you know, last year we, we were lucky. We were able to monitor the virtual event space and see what worked and what didn't. And, um, while we had hoped by this time we'd be back in person, I had a feeling that we wouldn't be. And so while, um, we won't be able to come together in person with everybody, we are, um, we're going to be doing this virtually. Um, but we did a lot of research and thought about it and came up with a really great way to introduce it. Um, you know, rather than put everybody through an eight hour zoom call, um, that nobody would make through. Um, we've actually split it up into three days where you're going to get uh, about two and a half hours of really great content each morning. Uh, we have our founder, Kimber, giving a, a keynote on day one um, about the state of small business in Arizona. Um, we have the CEO of Common Future in California giving a keynote on day two about the transformative economy and the work that they do and the interconnectedness of things. Um, Common Future was actually uh, our partner that helped us launch our uh, program, We Rise, which is a um, entrepreneurship accelerator for Black-owned businesses in Arizona. Uh, so excited to have them out. And then on day three, which is focused on uh, environmental action, we have um, Vincent Stanley, who's in leadership at Patagonia, um, sharing about their, their global response to, to the climate crisis. So um, it's going to focus on those three themes, small business, social justice, and environmental action. And um, it should be pretty exciting. Awesome. Look forward to that. And how can I get tickets? 25 bucks for local first members comes with a state 48 t-shirt we announced today. Should be pretty slick. Um, gets mailed right to your door. Um, and yeah, uh, join us. Uh, we're, we're shooting for probably going to have four to 500 people um, uh, attending. So it should be, it should be a good time. Nice. And give us the website. Uh, localfirstaz.com slash good dash business. Excellent. What else, Centauri? Nothing else on my end. Just thanks, Tommy, for coming on and sharing. I, we get to spend so much time on the state of small business and sort of what's going to happen um, in the future. But thanks for sharing your, your thoughts and remarks. Absolutely. Always happy to do it. Thank uh, both of you for uh, having these conversations. And, uh, and looking forward to maybe choosing a glass at some point this year together. Love it. Perfect. Well, thanks as always for listening. Go to localfirstaz.com and check out all the great resources. Keep an eye out for uh, the resource for the grants uh, coming up here at the end of the month or the beginning of next month and pick up tickets to the, um, to the Good Business Summit coming up. Give us the dates of that again. It's April 20th through the 22nd. Correct. 25 bucks also gets you a ticket plus the awesome State 48 t-shirt. Thanks again, Tommy. Thanks so much. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real. On behalf of Centauri and I, thanks as always for listening. Please subscribe to the show. Leave us a review and feel free to share the show on social media. Thanks a lot.